Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is... The Stranger by Billy Joel. But before we get into anything else, here's our new segment. And welcome back to your music news, okay? So Kanye West... Well, actually, it says reportedly will headline the 2022 Coachella Festival, but actually, the lineup just released. And I can tell you who the lineups are right now, and it is... Um, the headliners are Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, and Kanye. So if you're interested in that, go for it. It's the wrong photo album. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who this is. Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. The Young Dolph, um, his alleged murderer, which we covered that new segment a few episodes back, mm-hmm. has been identified as Justin Johnson. Moving on. Um, Woodstock promoter, you know, the 1969 massive concert. Peace and love. Michael Lang passed away at the age of 77. That's unfortunate. It is. Drake's certified lover boy is the only rap album of 2021 to reach double platinum. Huh. So that's a weird fun fact. Uh, Plastic Hearts. Uh, by Miley Cyrus, is the first female album to have every track hit number one on iTunes around the world. Every track? Every single track. Interesting. Around the world. Uh, This was not really music related, except for the fact that he can play guitar. But Bob Saget died. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. That was America's dad. It was this past weekend, too. That was America's dad right there. Really sad, disappointing. But now things are coming out about how he was a pedophile. Really? After his death, yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, also, Betty White died. I don't know if I've mentioned that in the music news, but like... Yeah, but that's that sucks too. I know, it sucks. It happened... Wasn't it New Year's Eve? Or like New Year's Eve Eve or something? Like it was the very end of the year, but it was already the new year. I thought it was on New Year's Day. No, it was, when it happened, it was already the new year for, like, Australia and other countries, but it wasn't new year here, so they started out 2022 with Betty White dying, and Dang. we ended 2021 with Betty White dying. Dang. Uh, rest in peace. She was an incredible golden girl. Um, Judas Priest. <sighs> Satora as a four-piece for the first time in 48 years. And I know I talked about um, Richie Faulkner's, like, heart issue that he had mm-hmm. when they were performing so now they're touring again doing all of that I guess getting one last good look in because rock and roll is reviving and stuff like that <laughs> anyway uh, yee yay Kanye West uh, his career long confidence is on display in a new genius a Kanye trilogy documentary teaser everybody's making a documentary now on god I don't know what that's I about. swear Michael Jordan started it it's Michael Jordan, and now it's all of these musicians and stuff. No, uh-huh. I just. Whatever. Well, also, I'm sure uh, Get Back got a lot of money. I mean, it was oh, Disney. Oh, I haven't watched it. Have you? I've watched the first two episodes. It's interesting. I just haven't gotten around to the third one. I need, cool to, get, I need to get Disney Plus. <laughs> but anyway, um, John Burke Shelley, or I think he was just known as Burke was a Welsh musician and singer-songwriter, and he was a lead vocalist and bassist for the rock band Budgie, I believe. Uh, 
And he wrote songs, I only know them because Metallica, but Crash Course and Brain Surgery and Bread Fan. But he passed away at the age of 71. Paramore are back in the studio for their first album in five years. Can't wait to see what the pop punk group has up next. Bonnaroo has also released their lineup. Um, their main headliners are J. Cole, Tool, and Stevie Nicks, but they also have Machine Gun Kelly, who just got engaged, by the way, to Megan Fox. Uh, Roddy Rich, Flume, 21 Savage, The Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, which I think is hilarious for some mm. reason, and Illinium. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Uh, with other artists that you might know, Robert Plant, um, Lainey, Role Model, the Regrets, Wallows, I don't know if you know those. Barstool, I previously mentioned they released the 10 best female singers of all time that people hated. Now they released the ten, you know, top 10 male singers of all time. At number one, we have Elvis Presley. Two is Michael Jackson. Three, Jesse McCartney. Four is Frank Sinatra. Five, Otis Redding. Six, Adam Lambert. Seven, Ryan Cabrera. Eight, Stevie Wonder. Nine, Chase Hudson. And number ten is Bob Dylan. And uh, the picture, as I as I edit pictures for the news, um, that's my reaction to that list. <laughs> um, Blue Oyster Cult is celebrating their fiftieth anniversary. I didn't realize that they were that old. Um, but yeah, <coughs> thank you, Nate, for your input. Oh no! Okay, wait. <laughs> And uh, Ronnie Spector, lead singer of the Renettes, passed away today, January 12th, at the age of, oh no, I think she was 78, I could be wrong on that, um, but she passed away, a rock and roll dynasty, basically. But to end on a lighter note, <laughs> the Wiggles are releasing a new cover album called Rewiggled in March, so be looking out for that, and that's it. Music news. Hell yeah. <laughs> and we're back. And uh, before we get into anything else, here's our social medias the Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM Pod, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast, the YouTube, Fur Face, and things of the sort. The Diamond Mind. If you look up the Diamond Mind Podcast, we should be the first thing to pop up. Um, follow us on all those things. Like, comment, Subscribe, rate us on all the podcast places. TikTok, I almost forgot. Uh, Diamond Mind Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you have anything you'd like to say before we get into this? No. So this first song on this album is called... Oh, wait, wait, yes I do. The Specs. Oh um, yeah, The Specs. Okay, this album went only 10 times platinum, which is very surprising. It was released on September 29th, 1977. It has nine songs, and it is 42 minutes long. Now. Okay, now, the first song on this album is called Moving Out. This is a thumper. A certified thumper. Uh, the sax riff, iconic, just like Billy Joel himself. Um, the way, and I've complained about stuttering, but the way he's like, heart attack, ack, 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 throughout... That's, like, the only exception. Yeah. There's always an exception, but this song is the only exception I can think of where the, the stuttering just hits. I don't know. Um, because he doesn't do it where it's like, stop. He's like, yeah, it's almost like it's, like, echoing. It gets its own note. Yes. 
basically. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, also, the way he holds onto the word "I'm" before he actually does the whole like moving out, and then all the instruments yes, move, come yes, in. Yes, I agree. 100%. It just hits the soul. Wholeheartedly. This song hits the soul. You feel it in your bones, and I love it. Perfect. Okay. Um, I meant to say this in the specs, but I'm just going to read really quickly what like the Apple Music iTunes description of this album is. It says, Confidence is key to Billy Joel's finest studio album. Pitching himself... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was flipping her off under the table. Pitching himself somewhere between Elton John and Paul McCartney for a melodic invention... He delivers songs that demand a muscular rock backing but are happy to flirt with Broadway sparkle to get their point across. And that's not counting The Stranger's two tentpole ballads, Just the Way You Are and She's Always a Woman, each strong enough to fend for themselves in anyone's greatest hits. Moving into the song. Uh, based from Genius Lyrics, it is focused on the aspirations of working and lower-class New Yorkers. The song puts into question the amount of effort it would take for the characters to achieve their own slice of the, quote, American dream. These nuts. Sorry. <laughs> the, <laughs> the end of the recording is the sound of a car starting up, and it's actually the bass player, uh, Doug. It's his 1960s Corvette. And I'm pretty sure the first time that I heard the song was on Glee. I'm throwing it back to Glee. Haven't haven't talked about her in a while. Um, it's an incredible start to this album. It is smooth and mild, and William is just one of those legends. Next song. This next song is called "The Stranger." Little name drop. Mm-hmm. Little jazzy piano. The piano reminded me of. I, I guess this is just kind of. We just exited Christmas Christmas time. It reminded me of the Charlie Brown jazzy piano and that really put me in a good mood because that's 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 a good album uh vince garaldi a very underrated legend everyone should look up his story he has a very interesting and sad story and never got to truly see the how how famous and loved his music is well that's sad because his compositions are beautiful anyways um there's also a good little whistling feature. Gotta love a good little whistling feature. Just like on Don't Worry, Be Happy. Gotta love a good little whistling feature. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we just break it down. We get down with a nice little funky guitar. Uh, Billy Joel singing is very interesting. He hits mm-hmm. some some high notes in the song. Paul McCartney-esque. Very. Um, Mainly his solo work. And then we switch back to that jazzy vibe. And I just really love the, the little tasteful jazzy bits that he throws throughout this album and on this song specifically yes i just i don't know what to say about the song other than i just love it this song it rocks all right well i can tell you what genius lyrics said about it uh this song starts with a slow melody reminiscent of a soundtrack to a noir film Legend has it, Billy Joel whistled the tune to producer Phil Ramone and expressed that he wanted an instrument to play that melody. Phil convinced him that the whistle was that of, quote, the strangers, and that's what ended up on the record. The identity of the stranger has remained a mystery, and there have been theories on to who it is or who it's based on. Um, now back to my personal notes. It sounds like he's just meaning business. He's out on the town pretending to be somebody he's not. He's making his rounds, you know, with all these different people. But then, just as smoothly as it started, it it ends with that same smooth kind of sound, and it's almost like he's fading back into the shadows 
after his night. Uh, like Nate already said, the falsetto kind of sounds like Sir Paul. You said, uh, what song did you say? Uh, here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Making each day of the year. And I said maybe the beginning, a little bit of Live and Let Die. I don't know. You let me know down below. But duh, that's all I had. Um, this next song is called Just the Way You Are. I knew this one. I think my mom might really like Billy Joel because his voice really reminds me of my childhood in like a a weird way. Like there's little clips of the songs that I'll I'll hear and then it'll flash me back. So that might be part of the reason why I like this album so much. Just a little bit of a nostalgia factor, but that's not to take away from how good this album is. That's, I'm just saying. I'm putting that out there. Um, I love the percussive sound of the pick on the strings of the guitar in this song um you can really hear they're definitely using a pretty thick pick on the strings because you can hear like every individual string getting hit by the pick as well as the note in which is being played this song just puts me in a happy place and uh i love the saxophone in it i think saxophone is very underutilized in today's music i wish we used it more and yeah this song is just a good time didn't you say the saxophone? It's the, is the most. It's the newest instrument that's widely used. Like, like if you went to an orchestra and you watched them play like all these different instruments, like oboe and bassoon, the saxophone is the newest one. To my understanding, you know what? You're right because I'm actually taking a. It's not technically not a classical music class, but a Western music mm-hmm. class, and it talks about like trombones bassoons, oboes, strings, trumpets, things like that. Saxophone, yeah. And that uh, makes sense. um it was made in the 1840s. That's probably what, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also tubas are relatively new. new in comparison to other instruments. Um back in the day baritones and euphoniums used to be the, the lowest instruments in orchestral pieces and then we were like we want more bass, and then somebody made essentially just a big baritone, and that's where the tuba spawned. Hey, shout out to all my baritones out there. Oh, I like oh. I like baritone. <laughs> what episode was it where I was like, I like? <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time we ever had to censor anything. I know, because I accidentally played the whole clip, and I forgot that he cut. Oh, I missed. Close one. He threw his water bottle. For those of you listening, um. <laughs> I like pears. Shout out to all the pear. <laughs> I like baritones. Shout out to all the berries. Okay. Or euphoniums, whichever you want to say. I played the baritone concert. Thank you. Laney. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the song. <laughs> I played for three and a half years. It's worth noting. You played the trumpet for seven. Yep. Full years. Yep. Okay. <laughs> to the song. Just the way you are. It reminds me of a Jimmy Buffett song, but not his typical, um, like, islandy tropical songs that he has. He has some, like, deeper tracks that don't really sound like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what it reminded me of. Uh, the song features the washed tones of the Fender Rhodes keyboard and overdubbed vocals inspired by the song I'm Not In Love by 10CCs. Joel originally wrote this for his first wife and business manager at the time. Her name was Elizabeth. 
Um, after the divorce in 1982, he didn't play the song live until the 2000s, so that really stung him. Mm. It's known for its saxophone solo played by Phil Woods, who is a, a famous musician. Yeah. A famous, what do you call those? Saxophonist? That's what I was thinking. Kenny G, let us know. Uh, and the song continues to prove that Billy Joel is an incredibly smooth artist. Indeed. Next. Uh, this this next song <laughs> is called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Speaking of the word restaurant, I will never, ever know how to spell the word restaurant. I can sit and try <laughs> over and over, and I will spell it so bad that even like autocorrect doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, that happened this time. That's why I'm saying that. Uh, I got it right eventually, though. Spelled like a little kid with like restaurant. Restaurant or not? Well, I spelled it rest mm-hmm. rant. Like R E S T R A N T is how I spelled it at first. And then I was like, oh, wait. right? Yes. And then I was like, oh, wait, but it's restaurant. So I put R E S T A R A N T, and that still wasn't right. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe it's an E. So I would always get the A U and then the other A mixed up. That's fair. Anyways. The beginning really makes me feel like I'm daydreaming about, like, some some lover or something. Like, my true love or whatever. It's which pretty. is perfect, because it's, like, literally kind of what this is about. Yeah, um, Tempo change, though. Caught me off guard. Yes. Definitely a welcome surprise, but caught me off guard. There's a little clarinet representation. Shout out to all the clarinets. And the trombone got the whole band going in this fast-paced second part. Um... His singing style also uh, really does well with this fast-paced part, how it's a little bit raspy, um, and for a lack of better words, has a little bit of swagger to it. Um, now, this is relating kind of back to the last episode. If you haven't watched that, go watch it. It's Garth Brooks' self-titled album. Um, his storytelling is very fun, and I like it, but it is definitely... It is definitely different than Garth's. Yes. Um, 100%. Yes. His storytelling almost like paints a picture and leaves things a little bit more open-ended. Garth's is very point A to point B. Like there is a plot, like a diagram, essentially. Hold on, yeah. That you're going along I know with. what you're talking about. Um, he's like taking you through the events and kind of letting you... He's explaining the events... But not blatantly, um, and letting you paint your own picture a little bit in your head. But Garth's is like, so I went down to the store and I got myself a soda pop, and then I drank the soda pop, yes. and then my granddad died. Okay, <laughs> it's almost that was that kind of went over my head a little because I was trying to look this up. But the way you say it, Garth's, like he has his music, he has his country genre, whatever, yes. and of course. The song, like the the instrumentation, is going to go along with your lyrics and how you, you go with your melody and things like mm-hmm. that, right? But Billy, who are we doing? Billy Joel. Who? Billy Joel's is more of a word painting type of thing. Yes. To where the music enhances that tone. Yes. And goes with it. Vocab word. I feel that. But that is more of his storytelling. It's more enriched, if you will. Is that the end of your? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, um, scenes from an Italian restaurant. It's a, uh, you know, has a little accordion in there. That's a really nice touch. Uh, going into the genius lyrics 
Well, fun facts, this has the longest duration of his entire discography. That's crazy. Because it's at 7 minutes, 37 seconds. It doesn't feel like it. It really doesn't. I didn't even know that. No. I knew it, and I still didn't think that. But it combines three songs, or I guess movements, to make a conversation between two old (laughs) friends. Yeah, right. Uh, Part one, I... <laughs> I'm sorry, like I blur I gotta censor that. <laughs> um, but the part one, which wasn't really my favorite, and it does come back at the end, um, sets the scene for the Italian restaurant. Part two has a more up-tempo jazz instrumentation and joyfully recalls the reminiscing of the friends. Part three, they discuss how the prom king and queen Brenda and Eddie. Didn't live happily ever after. I'm pretty sure they got married and divorced, is what mm-hmm. the song says. Because um, they had money problems. Right. And then the clarinet, uh, it comes in strong again, and parts two and three were just phenomenal. So this was a good song overall, even with the romanticizing part that wasn't my favorite. Let that leopard in here, bro. And we're back. Sorry, I had to go fight that leopard. Anyways, this next song is called Vienna. Just like the sausages. Uh, this song is awesome. And at this point, I'm really realizing I really like Billy Joel. I've never given him a fair shake. Yeah. Not that I've ever said I disliked him. I just haven't listened to him right. a lot. Um, his voice is just awesome to me. Anyways, with this song, uh, the hook hits really hard. And that is exemplified by his voice. Um the way I interpret it is to just kind of calm down and live life. Stop stressing, you know? Slow down, because Vienna waits for you, you know? Right. Um, this song just feels good. It feels good to listen to. This is definitely the sort of song in which you would go and sit on a beach after you've had a stressful week at work and then you finally have your week's vacation and you can just sit down on the beach and just decompress. Right. And I, I really love this song. Okay. When you edit, Nate's editing again. I don't know if, I'm pretty sure you mentioned that. I think I said that on the... Nelly? Yeah. Wait, Usher. no, not Nelly. Usher. Usher. Yeah. Um, so you're going to see me panicking <laughs> at the beginning of the song because I wrote in my notes to read Genius Lyrics because it's really like long and I didn't want to type it. And then I realized that I left the tab open on the computer. Which and the computer is, is the down table. there. So I had to like pull this up real quick. Uh, anyway, you know. In July of 2008, New York Times article, Joel cited this as one of his two favorite songs, along with Summer Highland Falls. And then, it's a very long quote that I'm just going to read to you all. Um, this is Billy speaking. Why did I pick Vienna to use as a metaphor for the rest of your life? My father lives in Vienna now. I had to track him down. I didn't see him from the time I was 8 till about 23 or 24 years old. Uh, He lives in Vienna, Austria, which I thought was rather bizarre because he left Germany in the first place because of this guy named Hitler. And he ends up going to the same place that Hitler hung out all those years. Vienna for a long time was the crossroads uh, during the Cold War between the Eastern Bloc and Warsaw Pact nations. And the NATO countries was the city of Vienna. Vienna was always the crossroads between the Ottoman Empire and the Holy Roman Empire. So the metaphor of Vienna has the meaning of a crossroad. It's a place of inter... <laughs> and then there's an ellipses, and he says, course, <laughs> of exchange. It's the place where cultures co-mingle. You get great beer in Vienna, but you also get brandy from Armenia. It was a place where cu- cultures co-mingled. 
So I go to visit my father in Vienna. I'm walking around this town, and I see this old lady. She must have been about 90 years old, and she is sweeping the street. I say to my father, what's this nice lady doing sweeping the street? He says, she's got a job. She feels useful. She's happy. She's making the street clean. She's not put out to pasture. We treat old people in this country pretty badly. We put them in rest homes. We kind of kick them under the rug and make believe they don't exist. They... Um, in brackets, the people in Vienna, don't feel like that. In a lot of these older places in the world, they value their older people, and their older people feel they can still be a part of the community. And I thought, this is a terrific idea that old people are useful, and that means I don't have to worry so much about getting old because I can still have a use in the world in my old age. And I thought, Vienna waits for you. Um, there is also a lot of inside stuff on the song. The beginning and the end is very Kurt Weil. Her wheel? I don't know. Uh, that kind of sick, middle European, kinky, decadent thing. Cabaret, kinda. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. We are seeing the result of it in this ethnic warfare in the Balkans, which is a tragedy. The century started out with this assassination of the Archduke in Sarajevo. Sarajevo, sorry, wow. And the begat World War One, which the that began World War One, which began the Russian Revolution. Oh my gosh. Then you had the Depression, then uh, World War Two, and then the Cold War. And that's all over, but they're still blowing each other to the smithereens in Sarajevo. So this whole thing is going to going on in the middle... Oh my god, Jeannie's lyrics sucks. Uh, so this whole thing is going on in Middle Europe. It's Kurt Weill, uh, and some composers captured it. And so... Uh, you know, that Billy Joel has confirmed that, you know, like, this, this is one of just the greatest songs. I feel like it has a lot of depth, a lot of meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really long quote, so I'm really sorry. I'll make my notes brief. I downloaded a while back a lot of his popular songs, probably back in, like, 2016, 2017. And this used to be the one that I would always skip or thought was boring. How foolish of me to think that. Because the lyrics of this so- the lyrics of this song are sobering, relatable, and honestly made me want to scream. There's a line in there that says, "Don't you know that only fools are satisfied?" Like, huh? And there's more accordion. Incredible, beautiful, great song. The next song is called "Only the Good Die Young." Um, if you're just looking at this song from a title perspective, that sounds morbid, but it's not. The song is low-key goofy. It's not, not exactly like what you think it would be about. <laughs> um, so, this is the first Billy Joel song I'd ever heard. Like, ever. I think even before Piano Man, this mm-hmm. is the song I heard. Um, it just feels so peppy. This is definitely getting played at my wedding. Um, so <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I'm not going to say what the song is about, because I'm sure that's what oh, you're going to yeah. go into. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I love the way... He presents the topic and yes. how snarkily he goes about it, and he'll have like little quips, like mm-hmm. I agree with to that. give you a little hint to what it's about. Like you were counting on your rosary, and like just yeah, like little yeah, quips yeah. like that, uh, or she never prayed for me or whatever. Yeah, uh, and I love that. I love when people are snarky in their songs. I and love aren't, sarcasm. Aren't scared to call out what they're talking about. And this is one of those songs, I feel like this might be the only song where William really just, like, pushes that boundary. Oh, yeah. Of, you know, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he straight up calls out Catholicism. 
Um, and it's funny because I used to listen to this one quite a bit, and it's really funny because we were talking earlier that, like, we listened to this <laughs> way As too children. Young. Yeah, not even knowing what the meaning really was. Because it's so good. I mean, if it, it's so it's catchy. It's a catchy song. Just hearing the, only the good die. Just, like, hearing that. Yeah, I mean, because... This, oh, I mean, you said it was probably the first one you've ever heard. It was one of, one of the first that I'd ever heard, and I didn't even know it was Billy Joel at the time. So, okay, is the top of my head cut off? No. Okay. Not to, I can't. No. Okay, because I can't see past that little white shade. Oh yeah. Okay. Our setup has moved about twenty times since we started this. But yeah, I had cool. to move the tripod the other day, and, and then it's our kind table. Of us up every <laughs> our table is so far. Apart. Our table like, migrates. You can see these now. I'm pretty sure. Our little sound foam up here. Maybe. In the top corner, possibly. I don't know. Anyway, this one is very has a very catchy tune, like Nate already mentioned. It's a very happy melody with a message based on a high school crush who doesn't believe in premarital sex. And that's because of her Catholic upbringing, by the way. Which Nate was bring, uh, mentioning with the rosary and the praying and things like that. It was deemed as anti-Catholic and was banned by many radio stations, but... Joel has said that when he wrote it, he didn't mean it as anti-Catholic. He meant it as pro-lust. And funny enough, as soon as they banned it, it shot up on the charts. Good. Which is typically how it goes. Um, Joel only imagined it with a reggae-style drum beat, but the drummer... Drummer. Liberty DeVito insisted on the delayed backbeat technique, and it's especially noticeable in the chorus... You know, it works as an exclamation point on the lyrics where he's like, only the good die young crash. Yeah. Yeah. Next song. The next song is She's Always a Woman to Me. Um, this album, at this point, so many bangers. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know I know we're, we've still got a few songs to go. Uh, it's a classic. This This album, oh my gosh, awesome. Uh, there's definitely a nostalgia factor, which I brought that up earlier, but the instrumentation, awesome. The writing, awesome. His voice, awesome. And none of those are exceptions on this song. Uh, it, and that goes for every song in the album. And this song specifically, with the instrumentation, there's the piano that goes along with this finger-picked guitar. That's all I gotta say. Is um, what's this called? She's always a woman to me. I might have switched up my song. Hold on, keep talking and I'll <laughs> read. Yeah, don't you remember you wrote the wrong thing for the yeah? Whatever? But then I erased it and rewrote it. But then I wrote the title twice. So well, I, just... I can well I can just talk about the song a little bit more in depth. Um, this song is really just like I got it. The perfect the the perfect song for going on a little sunset drive with your woman. This is this is a nice, touching, warm song. It feels good to the soul. There have been a couple songs like that, but this one really does just feel good and nice, like a big warm Billy Joel vocal cord hug. Not on yeah. Hug that. <laughs> anyway, okay, my notes are really short for this one. But basically, he's saying that she's the ideal woman who takes what she wants in this life and doesn't need anybody to help her out. Uh, Genius said that it is a love song about a modern woman 
which whom he falls in love for, her quirks as well as her flaws, regardless of how unforgiving they might be. And it is played in the time signature six. <gasps> Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> the next song is called Get It Right the First Time. Has a funky little drum work in the beginning. Uh, then it has a little flute intro. Love that. Just awesome. Uh, the song is kind of about getting the right first impression with, with a woman. And there's a little section. I guess it's part of the chorus. Maybe it's like a post-chorus thing. But it happens throughout the song. Where uh, he's literally just like saying la 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 and just going along. And it's almost, yeah. it feels so carefree and fun. And I love that. And it's like he's blowing caution to the wind. And he's just like, I'm going to try to have this good first impression. And really try to hit it off with this girl, essentially. Yes. Um, and I just really like that. I really like when a, when a song, when a songwriter, sorry, not a song. When a songwriter can be super duper serious. And then go and have a song that feels so carefree and I don't want to say yeah. bubbly because that kind of gives it like a pop connotation, but like carefree and happy. It's like and an just outgoing. Kind yes. Of, yeah. Uh, and Billy Joel is very diverse in his songwriting and he does that very well. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, get it right the first time. Joel is hoping to impress a girl, but worries that if he messes up, he won't get a second chance. So he has to, quote, get it right the first time. To me, this is a very 70s song from the bass line to the piano to the hi-hat, whatever. Uh, Rick Flair said it best when he said, Woo! <laughs> um, I previously on, said that he is consistently smooth, mm-hmm. right? Which he is. But he also has that just... Grit and just he's quite the dynamic musician. Yes. Also, in my previous notes, when I ended the last, the second number, I said was eight. <laughs> okay, we can move on to the last song. The last song is called "Everybody Has a Dream." This definitely has closer atmosphere to the album. Um, the whole choir is singing together on the chorus. Uh, feels almost like a church sermon with the organ and the choir going, and I I really like that. Um, yes. This song definitely, and this isn't a diss, it is not as strong as the other songs on this album, but that's just because the other songs are pure 10-piece bangers, quote of Jamie Clift. Um, Shout out to you, Jamie. (laughs) Uh, 10-piece bangers. Uh, The second half is hitting harder on this song, though. They have a big build-up, and every chorus is harder than the last. Wow, magnifico. I agree. Perfect ending to an album. I agree. Um, you're very spot on with your church-like thing because Genius said that it is hymn-like. It has a gospel-backed chorus. And I'm pretty sure there's also some organ in there mm-hmm. in the very like distant background. He wrote the song in 1971, and it's introspective to nature as the lyrics attempt to rationalize his dreams and fantasies. But mainly it's about his dream for a happy home life with his then-wife, Elizabeth, who he had written about previously. Um, the end fades out and into a reprise of Solon Piano and Whistling from The Stranger. So he brings that back into the song, bringing it all full circle to a resolute conclusion. When the song first started, I thought it was a great song, but it could have ended the album a little bit stronger. Well, I kind of ate those words because this was just immaculate. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, thank you, William. That's all I had to say. 
So, 1 through 92, how you feeling? It's at 48 right now. Yep. I think it needs to go up. Yep, definitely. All the way up. Um, Probably. I don't know. This is hard because they're like kind of halfway with our billboard list, but then we have the like more to get into. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I figured out we put Garth Brooks 7 at 51, or 7s, at 51. Kenny G's Breathless was at 50. Interesting. So that's where we uh, put those on the thing. Just on that. Um, this one, maybe, oh my gosh, I don't know, low 20s, or 28, let me just say the number 28 to put that out there. (laughs) All right. I swear, if you say number one, I'm out. Sound the alarm, everybody. (laughs) Do we have a top tenner? This is in my top ten. This is in my top ten. This is a top ten album for me right here. The instrumentation, the vocals, the writing, no filler. These songs are just awesome. They're timeless. They aged perfectly. This is a top ten album for me. Any specific number in mind? No specific number in mind, because I don't know. Seven. <laughs> For right now, we'll say it's my number nine album. <laughs> to get, Shoot. If we want to get specific. If 10? we want to get specific with it. <laughs> you already know Nickelback. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Someone was arguing with me the other day that, that Nickelback, Nickelback is, is good. one of the like greatest rock bands. Dude. And I was like... A stupid amount of people like Nickelback, and I don't understand. But it's like it's becoming a thing again recently. Listen to their music; they aren't that good. We sat through an entire album. Yes, we it's know. not good. It's not good. They have it's their hits. Good. If you like Nickelback, Kroger, you like butt rock. Corey, if you're listening, Corey told me that Chad Kroger. Oh my gosh, what song did he cover? No, 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 no! I can't remember. Corey, if you are listening to this, please. Message one of us or comment and remind me what song he covered. Because it's like a famous rock song that he covered mm-hmm. and he said it was horrible. Lovely. Which, yeah. Anyway, Nickelback is not, no, no. Nickelback is not good. I'll take that to my grave. Will I listen to Nickelback? Yes. Occasionally. Will I like it? Maybe. Do I think they're a great band? Not really. <laughs> so... Is Rockstar fun? Yes. Absolutely. Look at this graph. Yes. <laughs> What's that other one they have? <laughs> this is how you remind me. That one's all right. Everything else? <laughs> Rockstar. I'm through with standing in lines because <laughs> I'll never get in. <laughs> Wait, what? You're a rock star and you can't get into a club? Everything else, though? I'd rather swallow toothpicks. Um. That's harsh. <laughs> So that's why we kept them. Wow, moving. first first top ten well you've ever had. Boy. Anyways, this, this final list that we're gonna make is gonna be very horrible. insane. It's gonna be insane, is what it's gonna be. Everything you, you'd like to say to the viewers before we wrap this thing up? I have indigestion. Nope. So <laughs> social medias: Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM Pod, Instagram, The Diamond Mind Podcast, uh, the YouTube, uh, The Diamond Mind. Look up The Diamond Mind Podcast. It's us. TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast. Um, follow us on all the things. Like, subscribe, rate us. We're on all the streaming platforms that we know of. Well, Lainey's doing a pause sign for Going you. Going on to that with the subscribe, like, comment, rate us five stars, follow us, all that stuff. 
Please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. That's a big one we kind of want to push at the moment. But also, we understand, you know, listening and things like that. We do appreciate that. We appreciate all the support and all of the views slash listens we get. On top of on top of that, we just found people in Rhode Island. Hey, shouts to Rhode Island. So, we have eight states left in the continent. No, not in the continental, but because we hit Alaska and Hawaii, by the way. So, yeah, I guess they are all continental. But 50 states. All 50 states. We're coming for you, Delaware. <laughs> Delaware? So if you know anybody from Delaware. Hey, Rhode Island, isn't that close to Delaware? You've definitely got family in Delaware if you live in Rhode Island. It's connected to Connecticut. Connected to Connecticut? Got them MC Hammer bars. Oh, God. But, yeah, so if you're from Connecticut, because I know y'all listen, share it with Rhode Island. Delaware's Please, like please, please. It's Maryland. I don't know Respectfully. If we ha- I don't know if we have anyone in Maryland. I can't remember. Delaware's on the other hey, side. Hey, shout out to Maryland. I it's like to all- eat crabs. They're famous for the crab. It's all in the Northeast. I haven't had my headphones on for a second. I know you haven't. Delaware. Share it with Delaware. Also, Texas, thank you. This cup's from Amarillo. This shirt's from PacSun. Germany. So, shout out to California. I would love to come celebrate Oktoberfest sometime. Yeah, that'd be cool. Next. <laughs> and to, to have it. Aren't pretzels from Germany? Are pretzels from Germany? I do not know that. They go great with uh, beer cheese. You know what? Even if pretzels aren't from Actually, Germany, I would like to have a well, pretzel in Germany. It's a common thing, though, to eat them with, like, the beer cheese or whatever and to drink, like, beer Oktoberfest. Like, that's what we did to celebrate Oktoberfest. Eat pretzels. Anyways, this has and been... sauerkraut. <laughs> anyway. This has been... And bratwurst. I'm done. Lady! <laughs> this has been the Diamond... Okay, I really just thought you were going to do it again. Oh, no. This has been the Diamond Mind Podcast. We'll be back at you next week with Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam.